What's up, everyone? I'm Doug Kide. Welcome to Pat's Chat. I'm here, as always, with Michael Hurley. Mike, how are you doing on this fine Thursday night? I'm doing great. I just noticed for the first time there's a there's a, a flash of Fago in the uh, intro video there. For anyone that <laughs> it's like a it's like a hidden Easter egg. It just says Fago real quick. I uh, never saw that before, so I'm excited. Yeah, it's probably the best part of the podcast. I've actually <gasps> never really noticed that either, but. That encourages you Fago. to watch on YouTube so you can see a flash of Fago. Then you can go back and live your life or whatever else you're doing. Um, yeah, off the top, go to thrivefancy.com. Use promo code Doug. Good things will happen to you. Um, Mike, how are you doing? Good. I finally get it. I want to I start by telling you I finally get it. Now, for a <laughs> month or so, we had this only in New England debate of whether it was good if the Patriots made the playoffs or not, whether it was worthwhile, whether they deserved it, all these things. And I, we kind of agreed that was kind of stupid. Uh, making the playoffs is better than not making the playoffs. Teams should try to make the playoffs, et cetera, et cetera. But I mm-hmm. finally, it finally dawned on me, and maybe I'm late to the game, when I was doing my picks column for this wild card weekend, and I looked at the Bills-Dolphins game with Skylar Thompson at quarterback, and you're like, well, I mean, this is a grand waste of time. So I finally get mostly where where that ultimate debate was ending which was a playoff game that wasn't worth anyone's time so i get it i'm sorry if i'm late it's fair um i will say that skylar thompson is not the quarterback of the patriots but it probably still would have been a waste of time that i mean that being said first of all you're you're popping your peas a little bit so i know you're in lounge mode might just go a little little tiny further back but we're good um uh, coming in hot i will say though that Last week, I'm not sure if you remember this, but the Patriots did play the Buffalo Bills. And I don't know what would have happened if the Bills didn't score two touchdowns Mm -hmm. on kick returns. But otherwise, the Patriots played that game pretty close. So, I mean, if the Patriots had made the playoffs, would they have beat the Bills in in the playoffs? Chances are probably not. The line would have been probably pretty high in the Bills' favor. But I do also kind of think that last week proved that, you know, it was at least like if the two teams had played 100 times, the Patriots probably would have won at least once, you know? Yeah, I thought about that. The Patriots looked better in that game, but the Bills are still clearly superior. Yes. And it went, the score went to 35-23 after the Diggs touchdown with mm-hmm. uh, nine minutes left. And then the Bills had another possession. I think they punted, and then they they they, they kneeled out the clock. I think if yeah. the Bills didn't get 14 special teams point, A, a they could have scored in the drives when they got the ball. And B, they would have had a little bit more oomph in their step in the fourth quarter. So I don't think it's quite as simple as eliminate those and you have a close game. Right. But uh, I would give the Patriots a better chance than the Skylar Thompson-led Dolphins. I would I would say that. It is. I, I wrote a piece uh, for TheAnalyst.com that's coming out tomorrow about the issues of every uh, team in the playoffs, all 14 teams. And I mean, the, the Dolphins and the Ravens. This is a Patriots podcast. We'll get to the Patriots in a second. Uh, the Dolphins and the Ravens, it's just like so blatantly obvious. Like the quarterback situation is disastrous for both teams. Having to play the Bengals if you're the Ravens with Tyler Huntley as your quarterback, having to play the Bills if you're the Dolphins with Skylar Thompson as your quarterback. Like those games are almost games at this point that you like, if you're not a diehard watch every Thursday game until completion, like those might be games that you can kind of skip this weekend. Um, but let's talk about the Patriots. Tommy yes. Curran, our good friend reported this week that there's a change of coming on offense for the Patriots. And um, we don't know what that is yet. 
And it's Thursday. Uh, I think it was Albert Brewer who reported the Patriots were taking like a week and a half off until they get into 2023. Um, Clearly, this week has proven that like you can wait until, I don't know, now to, to hire an offensive coordinator since no teams have hired an offensive coordinator yet. But time is of the essence. So hopefully someone is still working in this week and a half time span uh, to try to get some offensive coaches because like there's guys who have even become available who might be attractive options for the Patriots. And you might not have known that those guys were going to be an option last week. Yes. And you see news breaking around the league somewhat regularly this week where so-and-so's requested for this interview and so-and-so for this interview. And you're just kind of waiting. I would say, given what we know about how the Patriots do business, I popped a pee there. I'm sorry. I'm going to back up a little Pop and uh, given, peas. Given what we know about how the Patriots do business, we are going to go as little as humanly possible, as little as is allowable, given just that the Patriots don't want anyone to know their business. Uh, they right. don't want to. They don't want to show their hand. They don't want anyone to know. That includes us in the media. That includes other teams. That includes fans. That's not whatever Bill Belichick is going to do. We're going to know about it as late as possible. So I do understand the sort of anxiety this week of being like, when are they, when are they going to do something? When are they going to do something? When are they going to do something? Mm-hmm. But the reports that something is coming, um, I would not expect many details until something is very close to material materializing. Think about, remember when they hired yeah. Greg Schiano? That was just one day they were like, Patriots hire Greg Schiano. There was no right. uh, big process that we knew about, as I recall. God, what would have, tenure. How, how, would, how would the history of the Patriots have changed if Greg Schiano didn't just like immediately quit after was that he was 2020? Hired? I think so. Um, I want to say so. What a weird, uh, like we don't need to go too deep into that or anything like that, but like. Not a Greg Schiano podcast. What a weird situation that was. Like, what the hell? Like, I don't know. I mean, the Patriots defense has been fine without Greg Schiano. So I don't really know if it would have changed anything. But, like, maybe, I, I don't know. I, I literally don't know. I don't know. I, it would I be weird if, like, if Steve Belichick and Gerard Mayo were just, like, assistant coaches right now and Greg Schiano was still running the defense. Like, what a weird situation that would be. So it was 2019. Okay. So it was a year after Patricia left. Right. So they went 2018 with Flores. So it was after Flores left. Right. So they, but what's interesting is he had the title that Flores didn't have. Yeah. That he just instantly was coming in. And maybe I think that might lay the groundwork to bring it to the present of whether it's Bill O'Brien, whether it's someone, and we'll talk about other candidates, someone who's established, someone who's over 50, someone who's not from the Southwest Minnesota School of Mining and Technology. It's going to be someone who's going to come in and have the title because I know they're not big on titles down there, but I think the Shiano hiring, even though that tenure was what, like a month and a half, yeah, uh, is is precedent for what maybe to expect the way this one plays out. That's also kind of I'm I'm not sure if people have done this. I don't listen to a lot of like radio. I don't honestly watch a lot of like Boston sports programming. Oh, oh thanks, Doug. Um, you know, thanks for the support. <laughs> Friday night, other, 10 PM. other oh. than when you're on on Friday nights, of course. Yes. But like, it, it's a fun trivia question of who was the Patriots' last defensive coordinator? It was Greg Schiano. That's true. It's a little <laughs> yeah. Easter egg in there. Yeah. Um. But but, but, but I do think the the whole it it does create some problems, and we're looking at the coaching staff, and we'll get into Gerard Mayo too. 
right. where the lack of titles and the the hierarchy being what it is uh, could could lead to a pretty highly respected and highly regarded coaching candidate in Gerard Mayo leaving. So right. there's there is a whole domino effect to that hiring three years ago. But again, I also not a think that podcast. it it opens up at least the idea of who they could hire as offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. Like if. Because this isn't something I think about. Like before, you mentioned Greg Schiano. Like that wasn't a thought in my mind over the last two weeks. Of like Greg Schiano was here as defensive coordinator. Yeah, I have not spent a second thinking about Greg Schiano until his name (laughs) fell out of my mouth. So it was serendipity. No, it is, and I think it's a really good point because, like that, does that open up the possibility of Bill Belichick hiring a college coach that he drafted players from as offensive coordinator? Because like. Obviously, Greg Schiano and Belichick were closer because his son played for him. But beyond that, Greg Schiano was just a college coach who Bill Belichick respected enough to draft like all of his defensive players who were NFL caliber for like four straight years. So I don't know if that guy is out there. But I mean, Bill Belichick has also hired Brett Bilma to be a defensive line coach. Like he's taking yeah. guys from the college level before. So. I don't know. It, it just like you kind of blew my mind there and, and opened up like an unlimited supply of coaches. Yes. <laughs> Urban Meyer, Patriots OC. Oh, my uh, God. If you're not watching on if you're not watching on YouTube, Mike <laughs> was the one who put his picture up there. That was not my idea. That? I don't want to really excited about Urban Meyer out of nowhere. I'm um, going to aggregate a report tomorrow. Report. <laughs> Patriots very excited about, about Urban Meyer. About Urban, Urban Meyer. Meyer. I, Urban Meyer hire. traffic. We could use a boost. Everyone could use a boost. But uh, that that could actually play into our like third segment here in in our uh, big topics category right now. Sure. But I I did before we go too far down rabbit holes involving Greg Schiano. I, I want to rank like who are our top five potential offensive coordinators, and I'll just say that. I was like before Greg Shiano's name fell out of your mouth. I hadn't thought of this whole other, um, you know, category of possibilities that the Patriots could hire. But I'll just give off mine. I'm not going to wait any longer. Number one would sure. be Bill O'Brien. I just think yeah. that Bill O'Brien uh, is like the one who makes the most sense. He's been here before. They could bring back, you know, that kind of spread type offense that he was running back in 2010, uh, 2011. I think that he would help Mac Jones, the Alabama connection there. I know Mac Jones didn't play under Bill O'Brien, but they were under the same offensive umbrella. I think they could bring certain elements of that to help Mac Jones in New England. Number two, might be kind of a surprise, Michael Fleur, just fired by the New York Jets. Um, I know that Michael Fleur, like, it would be weird to be like, hey, the Jets just fired this guy, but we're going to hire him as our offensive coordinator. I, I'm I'm gonna play the the Robin Williams uh, um, uh, game from Goodwill Hunting. Michael Fuller, that was not your fault in New York. Okay. And, mm. and like Zach Wilson, I would say was the much bigger problem than Michael Fuller. I don't think that Michael Fuller was telling Zach Wilson to run 20 yards to his right every single time they drop back to pass. Um, and I think that bringing in that Shanahan style offense getting someone who's actually coached under it, someone who's actually been in San Francisco, San Francisco 49ers, I think liked Mac Jones before that draft. I I like what he could do in that offense. Um, number three would be Cliff Kingsbury. You might be asking yourself, why would Cliff Kingsbury be below Mike LaFleur? Cliff Kingsbury was just a head coach. He did come from the college level, all that stuff. 
the Cardinals offense was awful last year. Like, like mm. in some statistical categories, even worse than the New York Jets offense, which had Zach Wilson as a quarterback and had Mike White and had Joe Flacco. The Cardinals offense had Kyler Murray. They actually had pieces in that offense. They had DeAndre Hopkins, they had Marquise Brown. Um, they had uh, Rondell Moore. And I know that those guys weren't really healthy all at the same time, but that offense was a disaster. And, and I'm not sure if like you're looking at what the Patriots offense looked like last year and the Cardinals offense looked like last year and saying like, hey, we really want to get that guy who was running the Cardinals offense, which in some statistical categories was even worse than what Matt Patricia was doing, I think with less offensive uh, playmakers wise uh, number four would be Zach Robinson, the passing game coordinator, has quarterbacks coach of the Los Angeles Rams. This is an unproven one. You kind of be hoping that he could provide a spark as your offensive coordinator. Maybe you don't even have to hire him as an offensive coordinator. Maybe you bring him in as a quarterback's coach. I don't know what happens there, but the Patriots drafted him back in 2010. Uh, he's been a respected coach with Rams, and he's another guy who could bring that McVay, Shanahan type system. And number five, don't no, laugh, don't it would be Adam Gase. No, don't say it, Doug. It would be Adam Gase. Don't. I hate this. I hate this. Adam Gase. No. Like, literally, you just need someone who knows how to run, be an offensive coordinator. What has Gaze done after Peyton? I feel like there are certain guys and certain coaches that are just entirely, everything about them is based on hooking on to a a player of that caliber. No, it's fair. I feel like Adam Gaze is a one example of that. I want to. I want to explore the idea of Kingsbury because I think O'Brien has been explored pretty deeply at this point. Yeah. Now. The least impressive thing, uh, I popped a pee, I'm sorry. The least impressive thing about Cliff Kingsbury is that he had Patrick Mahomes in mm-hmm. college against college players, and he went 13 and 17 with him. Yeah. That is very concerning. And his college, I mean, excuse me, uh, his, his NFL win loss record with the Cardinals 28 37 1. Very bad. 4 and 13 mm-hmm. this year, coming off an 11 and 6 season. 500 before that, and. 5-10-1 his first year. Nothing impressive. But my thought with Cliff Kingsbury, maybe he's not a head coach. Maybe he looked the part, played the part. When was when did he get the head coach job at, at Texas Tech? He was Good Lord, like 10 years ago. Yeah, long time was, ago. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't have that off the top of my head. Shame on me. But he's 43 now, so it was what he was probably 35. I don't know. But the point is, maybe he wasn't qualified maybe maybe he is not a head coach there are plenty of guys who are great coordinators that have tried head coaching that end up being like steve spagnolo obviously on the other side of the ball to me is a great example of a Mm -hmm. great coordinator who didn't work out as a head coach and that's okay it's not everyone's destiny or role to be a head coach and i think i don't know that cliff kingsbury fits that bill Mm -hmm. but he could be because he obviously has a highly regarded offensive mind works well with quarterbacks, has has some sort of sense to it. Now, I know Kyler didn't like him, but uh, that one to me is interesting. And he fits the most important quality that Bill Belichick and the Patriots look for in a coach in that he would coach for free. That, yeah, that, that's, that's a good point. Um, Signed an extension last year, so he's he's good for a while. Yeah, he's good for a while. It's, it's actually – how many years off the top of your head? How many years do you think Cliff Kingsbury was an offensive coordinator – in college oh it was short he had a very because the answer is two, one, one. <laughs> the answer yeah. is one in 2010 and 2011 he was co-offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach of houston he was offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach of texas a&m for one season in 2012 and then he became head coach at texas tech in 2013 so very short stint there but no i mean he worked with a lot of good quarterbacks in college never had a 
ton of success, but yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, it's no, it's certainly possible, but it's an unknown, I guess. So, yeah. but a lot of these guys are. Yeah, they lost the Birmingham Bowl. Uh, that that was a big loss. Also <laughs> lost the Texas Bowl, but did win the Holiday Bowl his first year mm. on the job. Other than that, that's big. If you go season by season, eight and five, four and eight, seven and six, five and seven, six and seven, five and seven. When you have Patrick bleeping Mahomes for part of that, but like I said, it's honestly not everyone's insane. a head coach. There is a chance, though. Hand up. There's a chance maybe he's a complete fraud, and like the nice stubble and the deep voice right. got him very, very far. There is a chance of that. I don't know. I'm not going to tell you I know whether or not he is, but would be interesting, I think, and can obviously call plays and has experience. So I think that's number one because, Doug, what we kind of skipped over in our changes conversation is that yeah. those changes involve reassignments of parts of the offensive staff. That's a little concerning, don't you think? Um, I know they're not going to fire these guys, but right. to me, to me I'm stuck on John Mara saying about Daniel Jones, we did everything we could to screw this kid up the past few years. <laughs> Joe Judge leaves, and Daniel Jones has a pretty good year. He might have earned himself a contract with the Giants. Yeah, he did. You put him on the quarterback, and, and I wrote a story this week comparing Mac Jones' first two years to other guys, other first-round picks, how they did in the first two years, because guys have different circumstances. Baker Mayfield had three coordinators and four head coaches in his first three years. Right. Not everyone lands in a great spot. I looked at what I did last year, and I compared Mac Jones' rookie year against all four quarterbacks playing in the championship round and all four quarterbacks who lost in the divisional round, and Mac Jones had a better rookie season than all of them. Right. So that's what we were talking about last year. Mac Jones' yeah. rookie season, better than all of these guys that are competing for the Super Bowl. This year, I'm comparing him to Carson Wentz, Jared Goff, Marcus Mariota, Sam Darnold, and the numbers are kind of close. I don't want anyone involved with the downfall of Mac Jones in charge of him next year. If if I care about this team and that quarterback, I don't want Joe Judge or Matt Patricia involved in the offense, and it sounds like they're just going to get shuffled around a little. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess I didn't catch it. That was like, was that a concrete part of the report that Patricia and Judge could still be on the staff? Yes. On the offensive staff? Yes. Yeah, I mean, I, well, like with Patricia – like what else could he possibly do? He was the he was the play caller and offensive line coach. So like, where is he going to move to? I guess the only options there would be like quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends. I, I don't know. And then for Joe Judge, like, does he go back to wide receivers? Like he was coaching which, back in yeah twenty nineteen, which didn't the worst go well. Wide receiver year that Tom Brady played with uh, in New England, one of Brady's worst years. Everyone said Brady's done. He leaves and wins a Super Bowl immediately. Brady wasn't done. Uh, that was not a good coaching coaching point, I would say. For for maybe maybe too, it's like all right, Nick Cayley takes over play calling duties, and Judge and Patricia stay on their positions, and it's that's not going to get much better either. So I don't no. know, I don't think that they're going to go in with the same people, and maybe that collaborative process now involves Nick Cayley more than it did. But I don't know until they hire someone, and, and I think there's there's going to be tension in. Uh, angst until that happens do you do you have a i guess i want to talk about nick kelly for a second because nick kelly wasn't in my top five candidates like mm -hmm. i think people people just don't really like the idea of nick kelly right like don't like, no people do like like oh. the only reason why nick kelly's brought up is like maybe he should be the offensive play caller is that like i guess like if they had gone through the normal ascent through the staff 
he would have been the next in line to be the offensive coordinator and play caller. But like, we don't know that Nick Kelly can call plays. We don't know that he could be an offensive coordinator. He's only ever been either an offensive assistant or a tight end slash fullbacks coach in New England. I like he's probably taken on more responsibility at some point, but like we don't know that. I, I don't know. I just the Nick Kelly idea. I feel like it would, be, it would be really weird to go from all right, we brought in Matt Patricia and Joe Judge to basically be running our offense. Now like okay, we screwed up. Nick Kelly was actually the guy. Like if Nick Kelly was the guy, I feel like he would have been the guy last year, right? It would have been the point in December when Bill said it was too hard to make a change. It would have been he would have elevated at that point. But I think the appeal is probably that he worked under McDaniel's, that McDaniel's valued valued him highly. Right. So there'd be some sort of continuity and some sort of experience and something to build off of that they obviously didn't have with Matt Patricia and Joe Judge. We have we have some breaking news here. Uh-oh. The Patriots just announced. The New England Patriots and head coach Bill Belichick have begun contract extension discussions with, with Gerard Mayo that would keep him with the team long term. In addition, the team will begin interviewing for offensive coordinator candidates beginning next week. Hmm. This is insane that the Patriots are announcing this. Negotiations. Like we just got an Ooh. email about this. Who? Who is announcing it? Robert Kraft. Usually, Bill Belichick handles the announcements, but. That's that's I've never seen that before. We've never seen well, no. <laughs> players put on the reserve suspended list in week 18. Well, we've only seen two week 18s in the last week of the season. And we've never seen an announcement that they're negotiating to keep Gerard Mayo. Is that Doug instant reaction? Is it doesn't it sound like that is a succession plan? The way that we thought McDaniels had here. Um, yeah, it's it. I mean, my mind's just kind of blown in general right now. Like, th- this is so, yeah, maybe, I guess, because if they, I don't know. I, I don't know if that's what that means. I, that wasn't my initial thought. My initial thought was just that they clearly don't want to lose Gerard Mayo. So, yeah, it's certainly possible that if they don't want to lose him to another team as a defensive coordinator, that they eventually want him to take over as head coach. And for Gerard Mayo, like, why is he going to accept becoming the Patriots defensive coordinator over somewhere else if it, if some sort of succession plan doesn't exist? I, I don't know. This is wild. And the reason he's looking elsewhere is because there's a Belichick in the way. And I think we understand, like, sometimes people talk about nepotism or whatever. I think we understand that it's a unique situation. I, I think the defense played really well this year, and Steve Belichick got no criticism, rightfully. So it's not as if an unqualified incompetent person is in front of him. It seems to be a good coach. Who's the coach's son. So that is why it was obvious that he was exploring new options, whether that be now granted the head coach of Carolina is a much different opportunity than the defensive coordinator of Cleveland. That, that is a bit of a, of a striking just news headline that you might lose a coach to become Cleveland's defensive coordinator. Right. That wouldn't be. So I understand the push to keep him, but what does it mean for Steve Belichick? <laughs> like, does he have to now play hardball and say, I'm going to go interview somewhere else for other jobs? This It's bizarre. On, honestly, I know that this sounds crazy given the nepotism thing and everything, but like, and I might have said this on the podcast before, I, just, I don't think Steve Belichick gets enough credit for being yeah. the defensive play caller 
on one of the NFL's best defenses last year. I agree. And it made me me laugh last year when the whole list of like, these are the next head coaching candidates around the NFL got announced. And like, and like Ross Douglas and Demarcus Covington are on the list, but the guy who's calling defensive plays for the Patriots, Steve Belichick is not. I understand that no one is going to hire Steve Belichick as a head coach at this point, but like no one's going to hire Ross Douglas to Marcus Covington either. And I don't know. I think like we do need to give Gerard Mayo a lot of credit for the defense as well, because I think he's doing a lot of the, the coordinator stuff type stuff behind the scenes, but Steve Belichick is still the guy calling the plays. I think he deserves some credit there. I would push back. Uh, I think he gets plenty of credit on every national broadcast. They love that guy. They love talking <laughs> about Steve. They love this father-son connection, understandably. Right. It's, it's a story. So I think he does get credit nationally, maybe locally, because last year's defense defensive issues were pretty bad, that we never really got to it this year because the offense was the focus. Right. So right in that sense where it was like, remember last year, the defense started very bad. The defense had a great stretch. The defense ended very poorly. Uh, the Bills didn't punt. You might have heard that uh, once or twice mentioned. The defense was pretty good this year. Uh, yeah. It's, it's even when you consider that the Patriots ranked, I don't have it. Uh, let me see. Possession time, 28th in average possession time. Just the stress that alone puts on the defense when you're at the bottom of the league in offensive time of possession. Right. And oh, for definitely. the defense to still rank where they did. Absolutely. And, and I would, I don't, we don't know purposely. They don't let us know how much, what percentage of that is Gerard? What percentage of that is Steve? Um, but I have to be honest, like, I'm just staring at this release, like waiting for it to like come to life or something. Uh, I, I just, the Patriots and head coach Bill Belichick have begun contract extension discussions with Gerard Mayo. I said, what we've been in this podcast 26 minutes, about 24 minutes ago, we will know at the last minute what they do and when they right. do it. And no. then they announced that they're gonna try to keep Gerard Mayo. Like we, I've never been wrong so fast. It was incredible. So the other thing too is that like I don't think like teams don't announce they're going to interview offensive coordinator candidates. So like we might actually get those tweets from the Patriots account being like the Patriots have interviewed Michael Fleur for offensive coordinator. The Patriots have interviewed is that like we might actually get those announcements at this point, right? Do you know what my favorite ones are that the Patriots.com does? It'll be like report colon. I know. And it's like your Patriots.com. Right. Um, no they had one of those about Curran's report, right? Did Maybe? they? Or they had something like every, that. It's just yeah. always funny when like it's Patriots.com citing other reports about what the Patriots are doing. But I, I have a question like, related to all of this. The are you like given this announcement, given everything that we know about the Patriots' offensive staff and coaching staff in general, like. It's kind of surprising that they're coaching the Shrine Bowl, right? That's less than a month from now. And like they're they don't have an offensive coordinator right now. I don't know who's really go- going to be coaching these players. Like they very easily could have been like, "No, we can't do this. We don't have coaches right now. We don't know who our coaches are going to be." Yeah. Yeah. And the Shrine Bowl being, I think February 3rd, if I'm not mistaken, it's I think it's February 2nd, but you were close. It's okay. Dang. Yeah. Uh, February 3rd, very, very important date in Patriots history. Super Bowl 36, Super Ooh. Bowl 42, and Ooh. I believe Super Bowl 53, all on February Ooh. 3rd, if I'm not wow. mistaken. Sort of the beginning, middle, and end of those dynastic years. Anyways, yeah, that, 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 I mean, that was what, I might get my days confused. Was that Wednesday when Schefter had the tweet where it said, I think so, yeah. Because they had no changes, and people interpreted that differently. But to me, if you don't have an offensive coordinator, 
and you hire an offensive coordinator, then you did in fact have a change at offensive coordinator. So that to me raised a red flag that a big hiring wasn't coming. This announcement, I would say, changes that. But man, this is this feels initially my initial reaction is that this feels as like a mandate from ownership because why would Bill Belichick ever volunteer any of that information? Yeah, no, I think that that's yeah, it seems like this could be ownership because like the announcement is the New England Patriots and head coach Bill Belichick have begun contract ex- like extension discussions with Gerard Mayo. They would keep him with the team long term. So, I mean, it that's kind of a weird announcement coming from Bill Belichick if he's mentioned by name on there. I I don't know. I mean, I think that this does signal change. I think that this is ultimately a very good thing for the Patriots that they're doing this, that they're yes. going to keep Gerard Mayo around, that they are bringing in seemingly I mean, it's not saying that doesn't say it's outside candidates for offensive coordinator. Um, but this, I think, implies that there's going to be outside candidates for offensive coordinator as well, that they're actually going to have an offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. And if they keep around Gerard Mayo, they're probably going to have a defensive coordinator as well, because I'm not sure if Gerard Mayo's signing up long term to be inside linebackers coach for the Patriots for the next five years. Well, it, I don't want to say succession plan because. There's still two Belichick. Well, you already did. You already did. It's too late. But it feels like... Can't walk that back. Josh McDaniels was getting on the plane to Indianapolis to be their head coach. <laughs> the Colts tweeted out visor season. It was a done deal. And they they brought him back in and said, we'll pay you this much. We'll make you basically sub-head coach. And we all thought from the outside that eventually it would lead to... A, Josh McDaniels becoming the head coach of the Patriots. Yeah. It didn't because nope. much like Tom Brady, Bill Belichick probably outlasted most expectations on career length. However, you can't make that promise to Gerard Mayo if Steve Belichick is still presumably higher in the organization. Yeah, I don't think he can be. I don't think there's any way. I think that Steve Belichick is just going to have to, you know, what what's even the phrase? Like, just demure demure yeah i don't know i mean like i don't think steve belichick's leaving i don't think he's gonna go take a defensive like i don't know so yeah it's it's strange anyways i also uh, english language not my specialty i mean i i I think steve belichick is well liked and well respected within the patriots organization yeah i don't necessarily think that like like having Gerard Mayo ascend above him as defensive coordinator, even though Steve Belichick has been calling plays, is going to like, like create any issues or like controversy or whatever within the locker room. But like, it mm. is kind of weird that like, I don't know. Steve Belichick's been doing a good job, and now he's going to get replaced, but stay on staff. I don't know. It's a bizarre I w- situation. I would guess no one, no one's going to feel bad for Steve Belichick because of the nepotism things, and I totally understand yeah. that. Oh, someone just fell upstairs. I would guess this is Robert Kraft sitting in his office hearing people talk about Gerard Mayo as a great head coaching candidate, hearing Gerard Mayo as a highly regarded prospect, whether it be defensive coordinator or head coach around the league, and Robert Kraft sitting there saying, we drafted him in 2008. He played, whatever, eight years for us. He worked in the organization. He became a coach. Why are we just letting him go when we like him and want to keep him? That, to me, is the impetus it's just seeing the execution whatever like what's the end game it's hard to figure out the exact mechanics 
of of what those negotiations would be but ultimately pr- provided there's not a power struggle between Kraft and Belichick on this ultimately it benefits the team yes it definitely does um I'm, I'm just like I'm still stuck like I just saw a Roto World headline being like the Patriots announced that they're trying to extend Rod Mayo like they announced that they're trying to extend him he's not extended yet he's not yeah. like they announced that they're trying to do something. This is so weird. Is it? Do you think? Well, they can't. They can't. You can't reject requests, right? Those are just formalities. If well, it's a, if it's a, you certainly can't if it's if it's promotion. Yeah, and he's just right. a linebackers coach right now. So it's not like they're blocking him. Well, they they also like they can't block him for a head coaching opportunity unless he's unless Bill Belichick's become an offensive coordinator and Gerard Mayo is taking oh, over as head coach. Genius, genius. <laughs> I love that. Gerard Mayo, head coach, Bill Belichick, OC. Yep. Bill gets a little extra time. You know, right, but they, I mean, he's got to interview for it, to be fair. Like, True. he's got to go well, through the interview process. Oh, I did want to say that. The announcement that they'll be interviewing OC candidates indicates that there will be a complete process. There will be interviews. They will right. comply with the Rooney rule. It won't yes, be. definitely. Um, it won't be sort of a backdoor promotion, Joe Judge, Matt Patricia type thing. So that. That is promising. I, if you announce you're having OC interviews, that means you're hiring an OC. So I think yes. that's confirmation there. Not report, not scuttle, but they will be doing it. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, there's going to be, yeah, as you mentioned, outside candidates, Rooney Rule. Um, they're going to have to bring in minority candidates. Like, Hopefully they hire one. Right? But um, or hopefully at least that's like an up and up process. Hopefully they're actually considering those candidates. It's not just a formality. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's tough. But yeah, this I, did, is, I, I'm, I, I fired off a tweet mid podcast. It was the it was a screenshot of the press release, and then it was the monocle uh, emoji, <laughs> yep. and then it was the hmm emoji. Mm. So I managed to create some content while making content. That's like a contentception. Uh, I did the same thing, but I took a lazy route, screenshotted the announcement, and said the Patriots had made an announcement about their coaching staff Boring. because I just felt like uh, you're right, monocle. Hmm, face maybe maybe just like it could have just been an eyeball emoji could have just gone with that one could have gone with uh, a surprised emoji face it's a lot of emoji options (coughs) but uh, I went with what I went with and I would appreciate it if you respected my brilliance it's respected Um, the next thing on our on our list of topics was what's the funniest possibility at OC and Adam Pace you mentioned Adam well I think I think Urban Meyer, you mentioned it, or at oh, least yeah, you showed a picture, and I and I mentioned it. Um, heads. Honestly, I think the funniest possibility, the one that would really make me chuckle, the one that would really make me laugh, is you go through the, the process, you bring in all the offensive coordinator candidates, you bring in Bill O'Brien, everyone wants a job, and you say, you know what? This guy interviewed really well. His name is Matt Patricia, and he's, he's actually <laughs> going to get a promotion as offensive coordinator this year. <laughs> we're, yeah. we're dropping the senior coaching advisor title. Not- we're dropping offensive line. He's the OC. It's official now. He's got the job. No, not funny. Not funny, actually. <laughs> I, I, think- uh, I, I think Steve Belichick would be a funny one, too. Just flip him oh, over to offense. No, funnier. I didn't think of this. Uh, Matt Schooley, my coworker, did, so I'll give credit. Hire Cliff Kingsbury as defensive coordinator and just <laughs> see what happens. I don't know. Whack just it up. Keep Maybe everyone Cam on Acord. Toes. Maybe Cam Acord could be the OC. 
Maybe Gerard, maybe Gerard Mayo's going to be the OC. You got to think maybe. outside the box here. I mean, if you can coach defense, you can coach offense. We learned that last year. But yep. did you – did I mention this the other day? You know how that famous Belichick quote from 2017 or so when he said, I wanna, I'm want i at the point in my career where I want to coach players that I want to coach. Yeah. Does he want to coach with coaches that he wants to coach with? Doesn't it feel like that? Was, I, would Im- I would imagine so, yeah. That's what went into this year, and that's what led to this wasted year. So I don't know. I, I think the – Doug, I'm still rattled by the press release because it's so not Bill Belichick. It's so – you know what relates to this is when Rob Gronkowski's family released a joint statement with the team about his health <laughs> and surgery and rehab plans where only Rob Gronkowski had ever gotten something like that. This is like that. So it's not totally – it's not like we've never been shocked by a Patriots press release before. But No, this is this is more shocking to me, I think. Yeah. They they announced that they're trying to do something. They haven't yeah. even done it yet. Yeah. They announced that they're trying. Like what if they yeah, don't I, do it? Then right. Like, questions <laughs> about it. I feel like that puts pre- like not that that bothers Bill Belichick because he's just not going to answer them and he's not going to talk again until the owners meetings, but yeah, I don't know. It's I think this puts a lot of pressure on Gerard Mayo at this point, right? I think it also says yeah. like Hey, we tried. Like, we tried to not let him get away. And I think it's sincere too. I don't think it's like right. the Brady negotiations of 2019, where it's right. like, oh, no. he left us. It's like, well, no, you gave him a one-year incentive-laden deal, and voided at the end of the year after making him dance for his supper for three years after being the MVP of the league. I, I don't think this is quite so disingenuous. I think it is. It's just logical. You're just sitting there like, why do we have to lose him? We don't have to lose him. We're not at a but point. But why are they announcing that they're doing this? Why yeah. Why are they announcing Maybe it? Maybe because, yeah, that that's why I feel it's ownership. Because Why didn't they more, just do it and then announce it? It feels like more PR than... It does, actually. yeah. Right, that's and, what I'm saying. It sounds like they're saying, like, yeah. we tried. I don't know. And there's, there's a fellow who cares not one iota for PR. It's Bill Belichick. He'll let you rip him. All day long, he genuinely is impervious to it. So he's not right. feeling the heat from fans and media to, to make this announcement. So to me, it's it's today it comes out, Carolina wants to hire, uh, excuse me, wants to interview Gerard Mayo for the head coach. I think that sends off alarm bells in the owner's room saying, we got to do something about this. That's, <laughs> I can't imagine Bill sitting there saying, uh, Stacy, we, we got to make a release. We got to get this out there that we're <laughs> we trying to put it out there. People, people will criticize us if we don't, I, I just can't. So that's, it's gotta be ownership showing yeah. the fans that they don't want to lose Gerard Mayo and showing Gerard Mayo that they don't want to lose Gerard Mayo. I think that that's exactly it. Um, next on our docket here, you wrote this, uh, you said Gerard Mayo head coaching candidate in Carolina, <laughs> DC and Cleveland seems like he's gone. Doesn't seem great for the Patriots to be like, okay, sayonara. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> so, when in I some shared... ways, you were kind of prescient with this because you're right. That wouldn't be great for the Patriots to do that, and they've done the complete opposite. Yeah. I, I do disagree with the notion that it seems like he's gone, though. It seems like they're uh, well. It seems no, like they're trying to keep him around. Well, first of all, when I shared the Google Doc with you, I must have accidentally sent it down to Robert Kraft, and he was like, "Wait, what? We're doing what?" Maybe no, he had edit access because the first time I got yeah. this, I just had view only access. Yeah, we don't let you participate. Um. <laughs> It felt like he was gone because it was maybe our first podcast when you mentioned a report. I don't even remember who reported it. 
that Mayo was looking to work elsewhere and commute back to Foxborough, as in keep his family yes. in Foxborough, right. which to me was a, a call to the boss saying, I don't want to leave, right? Yeah. but with nowhere to advance and me being ambitious and good, right? I'm going to have to do that. So to me, it's been now maybe like a full month, a little more than that of it seeming like Gerard Mayo was leaving. And the fact that the season ends Sunday and within a day we have Monday was the Cleveland report. Thursday was the, the Carolina report. Mm -hmm. It's 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 quick. It's happening. So yeah. he's already interviewed for what? Three head coaching jobs, Philadelphia, um, Denver, Denver and Houston. Yeah, I believe I so, yeah. interviewed him. Yeah. So this would make four. There's only 32 teams. You're kind of making a large you're making a lot of headway through the league as a as a real candidate. So it felt like it was coming and this that's why that's why we're gonna spend the whole time on this release. What is the end game of that release? What are they trying to do to keep him? What are they offering him? And right. how can they offer it based on Bill Belichick's position, Steve Belichick's position? I think one thing here is that I, I don't I don't think Mayo was gonna get a head coaching job. Like I don't know who the Panthers are going to hire. It seems like he had only gotten one request so far this year. It was from the Panthers, who I don't know how many requests they've made. But, like, it seems unlikely that he would have gotten a head coaching job this and year. And who else, before I, you continue, uh, Arizona, Indianapolis, Houston, Denver? Denver? Yeah. Uh, maybe the Rams. There's some right. question there. Uh, I, just not like, New Orleans. So with there's Dan there's Quinn out opening. there. Yeah, with Dan Quinn out there, with Jim Harbaugh potentially out there, Sean Payton out there, the Eagles guys, Ben Johnson. Like, it, it felt like this year there were hotter head coaching candidates than Gerard Mayo. Okay. I, but I do think that, like, the Browns would have been crazy not to give him the D.C. job or, like, any other team that wanted to. Yeah. That was then, like, for a new head coach going somewhere else, like, Who's Sean Payton wanted as a defensive coordinator? Could have been Gerard Mayo. Who's Jim Harbaugh? Like all these other guys out there could have hired him as their new defensive coordinator because for any new head coaching job, there's probably going to be a new DC as well. Who knows what happens with like Josh Boyer in Miami once they are out of the playoffs? Like there's possibilities that he could have left. I think it's a much higher probability that he would have left as a DC rather than a head coach. So I think that that's what this does is ensure that he doesn't leave somewhere else to be a DC. And that's. Yep clearly the most important thing and they can't guarantee him the succession plan as the next head coach yeah. but it is easier potentially to adhere to the rooney rule and guarantee that gerard mayo would be the successor rather than josh mcdaniels i did i used my fingers just now the difference between mcdaniels in 18 and potentially mayo in 23 is bill belichick is five years older so mm-hmm Yes. The end is a lot closer. I think maybe at that time, presumably was yeah. 70, maybe right. now it's 73, maybe, but, but even still when Bill does retire, I don't think Steve Belichick is going to retire. He's 37 years old. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think he's going to quit coaching after no. that, but um, I did like your doomsday scenario that you incidentally mentioned would be like Miami. Imagine if it's Mike McDaniel and, and Gerard Mayo in Miami and they, they, do very well against you for 10 years and you have to look at Gerard Mayo or he probably wouldn't be a DC for 10 years, but you get the point. Right. Yeah. That'd be a pretty, that'd be a pretty hip staff there to uh, two younger up and coming coaches. I'd like that. No, that'd be cool. it definitely would have been cool. Yeah. For them. Uh, yeah. That'd be tough to deal with within your division. So 
yeah i mean that's i think kind of all my thoughts i i'm probably just going to have like never ending a never-ending void of thoughts on this announcement just because it's so weird that i can't fully wrap my mind around the patriots announcing that they want to do something (laughs) and that they're going to interview offensive coordinators but ultimately i think it's a smart move and like based on the replies that i've seen to my tweet people are very excited about this so from a pr perspective Mm -hmm. I think that this has been a very positive announcement for the Patriots. And even if it wasn't Bill Belichick's decision, like they should do more stuff like this maybe when everyone is very down on the team. Yeah, it it shows that there is some, I don't want to say some awareness because they're obviously aware, but Kraft was very clear before the season. He said, I'm bothered by the fact that we haven't won a playoff game in three years. Right. And now it's four years. So there, there, there had to have been some push. Uh, and, and I think this is evidence that whatever that meeting was with Bill, uh, that it wasn't just hot air and conversation. It's action. No, definitely. Actionable. Uh, next up on our outline uh, was the whole Chris Sims, Mac Jones, Bill Belichick thing. Um, I listened to this. I don't know. I don't. I don't watch that show. As I mentioned, I don't. Oh, real quick, the background just for anyone that missed it. Basically. Right. They both, Florio and Sims, seem to indicate that Mac Jones went outside the organization asking for coaching points or strategy or something. Right, or just like advice. And Bill didn't like it, and that caused a rift. Right. Um, I don't I, – I, Mac Jones wasn't happy with the offense last year. I don't think that he was like – I think a lot of people on the team – or I, I know that a lot of people on the team didn't really trust the plan from the beginning that Matt Patricia was going to be – the offensive play caller. I don't think that they walked in in the spring and thought that the Patriots had, you know, a, a full set of ideas for the offense. So I don't think that that's much of a mystery at this point that Mac Jones wasn't pleased with what was going on offensively, but did not like the quick game against Buffalo on Thursday. <laughs> no, he didn't like the quick game. Hated the quick game. I, I feel like, I mean, it, I, this seems like a believable situation to me. I just don't know like how mad it would make you if Mac Jones like was asking for advice from people outside the organization about like how the Patriots could fix themselves. I know it's like kind of a weird thing to do, but I also feel like if you were in his situation, you were playing poorly, the offense was performing poorly, like wouldn't you ask people who know things to be yeah. like, What do you think we could do better? I, I just I don't really see what the issue is if that did happen. Yeah. I would my take on it and i heard the clip as well it felt like chris sims had a colonel and i didn't plan this 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 is all off the cuff it's like he had a colonel and how does a colonel turn into popcorn with a lot of heat and a lot of pressure it felt like he was applying that heat and pressure to try to create some popcorn but it was more a colonel than it was actual popcorn (laughs) i lost it toward the end but you get the idea it wasn't maybe as explosive as it was painted i i feel like you're right it is natural and yeah you can't do that if that's what he did if he sought out who was his oc at alabama um was it sarkeesian that was my guess but i didn't want to say it and sound stupid so if you said it we're both stupid dayball was involved as well earlier he's been in buffalo since 18 though so i don't i don't know either way maybe it's you call like your mentors and ask for advice i don't think that's crazy Um, but yeah, you obviously have to work within the concepts of the team. 
And yeah. I don't know. It does feel like it, we run the risk of being sort of defenders of Mac Jones, like we're his agent or something, which we're not. But there is an element whenever the quarterback of the Patriots is involved that things get a bit skewed out of proportion. And I feel like the perspective can be warped a little. Um, yeah, I agree with that. I, our, our next, our next topic here was Bill Belichick on Mac Jones being the starter next year. He said he's proven he can play in the NFL. Um, you, you want to play a game called yikes or no yikes on that one. I I go yikes a little bit on it. And I would also say that I think that ultimately we're a, a fairly pro Mac Jones podcast. I think that you might be a little bit more pro than I am. I think that Mac Jones, like, Mac Jones statistically was bad this season. Mm-hmm. He was he took a huge nosedive from his rookie mm-hmm. season. Um and I think that if you were looking at this from an outside perspective, you might say like like why is that guy guaranteed a job next season? Why yeah. like why didn't he get benched last season at some point? Um like why is Zach Wilson at risk of getting like outright released, whereas Mac Jones is guaranteed the starting job next season. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wrote a piece a week or two ago going through teams that could have a different starting quarterback in 2023 than they had in 2022. And there's like 11 locks and then another 12 that I put as like, eh, let's consider it. And I felt like I had to put the Patriots on the list of like, don't rule it out just mm-hmm. because Yes, there was a lot of things working against Mac Jones, uh, Matt Patricia, the like injuries, offensive line, everything else. But like when you play as poorly as, as he did last season, and when you take and when you have so much regression from year one to year two, like I don't think that you necessarily should be guaranteed the job in year three. And Bailey Zappi did play well last year, and I don't think it's going to be like Bailey Zappi and Mac Jones sharing reps in OTAs, minicamp, and training camp next year. But like. If Bailey Zappi is way better than Mac Jones throughout the offseason process, plays better in the preseason, everything else, like I don't think that there's anything that happened last year that should prevent the Patriots from being like, all right, let's consider Bailey Zappi being the starting quarterback. So that's why I go a little bit yikes on it, is that I don't know if you should, you know, garner Mac Jones with more praise. Uh, than Bill Belichick did. I don't think he really did prove that much in year two. Mm. Yeah, I think it's yikes as well because the question was straightforward. Is Mac Jones going to be your starting quarterback next year or is that a position you need to evaluate? And the answer was Mac's proven he can play in the NFL. So that's, again, Bill doesn't like to volunteer plans, expectations, but he also doesn't want to commit to something that he's not committed to. So I think that, I mean, at the same time, words are just words. Uh, Cam was the starter all in the summer of 2021 until he was cut. So I don't know. Maybe he's going to be less committal about anything. But, yeah, that's that's why I did that story. And I bring up Baker Mayfield because he's been in the league now for five seasons. And I don't know what the consensus is on him. But I'm not sure he's bad. I'm not sure that he sucks. But he's been on three teams. Again, like I mentioned, he had three coordinators and four head coaches in his first three seasons. He went to the Rams midseason in, what, how many games did he play in for Carolina this year? Six. Started six games, played in seven. So there's a guy, and basically the genesis for the story that I did this week was 
what do guys do to get their second contracts? Right. And there's different classes. Like Wentz and Goff got theirs. They got traded. Uh, some guys got their fifth-year option, like Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota, and didn't get a second contract. What type of quarterback does he fit in? And he's kind of in line with both sides, guys that don't get a second contract, guys that do get a second contract. Uh, I mean, Josh Allen, throw him away. But then there's guys like Mahomes and Watson, which mm-hmm. were in, in a different stratosphere, that we f- hyper-focus on Max situation and his coaches and all that. But all of those guys had various situations, some of them worse than Mac, some of them just as bad as Mac, some slightly better than Mac. So to just look at the situation like I have, I felt like it was important to zoom out and say yeah. he's not like he's not special for having no. a bad coaching situation right. as a first round draft pick quarterback. No. Yeah, and I mean like even last year, uh last year's class, like Trevor Lawrence had a new head coach and offensive coordinator this year. Justin Fields had a new head coach and offensive coordinator this year. Trey Lance got hurt, but he had a new offensive coordinator because Mike McDaniel left the Miami Dolphins. Uh, Davis Mills had a new head coach and I believe a new offensive coordinator. Like Zach Wilson was the only one who had the same head coach and offensive coordinator from year one to year two. So yeah, it's not unique. Like Mac Jones, yeah, teams don't hire defensive coordinators to be offensive play callers, so that in itself is unique. But I don't know. I mean, efficiency-wise and, um, you know, analytically, the Patriots' offense was actually somewhat better than a lot of those teams this season. Um, So, yeah, I think that you do kind of have to look at Mac Jones and and question whether or not he's the guy or not. Um, Yikes. Long story short, yikes. Yikes. Uh, Real quick, DeAndre Hopkins. Get him. Done. Get him. Boom. Yeah, like th- there's there's so few options to upgrade your wide receiver core this offseason. Like the the AJ Brown, like he's not that type of player I don't think is going to be available in a trade. Like Marquise Brown, that type of player isn't gonna be available in a trade. Like those players don't really exist this offseason. And Jacoby Myers is the best free agent wide receiver. The next best is Alan Lazard, who like drops a bunch of passes and wasn't very good this season. So like whoever is out there. And DeAndre Hopkins seems to be a guy who could be out there. Like, yeah, do whatever you can to go get him. Second round pick, that get it done? Probably. Like his contract's pretty high. Like it might even be less than that. I don't know. I mean, like, what did what did the Texans get for DeAndre Hopkins? Wasn't it like David Johnson, like a second or third round pick? Yeah, that was Bill O'Brien's last uh, last stand, wasn't (laughs) it? It was. uh... So now you got to bring in Bill O'Brien, and then give up. I don't know. (laughs) uh pierre strong (laughs) third round pick i don't know yeah yeah no that 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 seems like i don't know there'll probably be a pretty big market i know he had the suspension i know he's over 30 so it's not like you're getting 27 year old hopkins but in terms of game-changing players you're right that's that's a a one of few if any being available uh i don't think you want to lean on taekwon thornton in year two to be that type of can't do it can't do it get him I will say that uh, Bill O'Brien and DeAndre Hopkins might be a bad mix. Like they might, be. might you might you might have to pick one of those two. Maybe yeah. you might not get both, uh, given the way things ended for DeAndre That's Hopkins true. in Houston. That's true. Um, um, I had some I had some lingering thoughts. Or at least quickly. you can't. Actually, funniest possibility offensive coordinator. Something we have not even considered. Jack God. Easterby. Jack Easterby. Yeah, I think he's earned it. Honestly, as one of the <laughs> smartest football men in the world, 
Yeah. Um, he knows the culture here. He knows we parked the car and have it yard. He's got it all down. He knows in New York, you say, what you looking at? So he's he's really, I think, the ideal candidate, but I don't think you'll be able hey, to get him. Hey, he's walking here. He, did you, <laughs> did think, you say that one? He didn't. I don't, I'm not sure he's familiar with that particular New York yeah. aspect. It's more of, what are you looking at? Which, have you been in New York? It's all, it's everywhere. It uh, is just like Just like here in the Boston area, we're always parking the car in Harvard Yard. But, yep. Um, you're right. That's a great choice. Um, I say we start the campaign. Maybe a hashtag. Maybe a website. Easter B for OC. Yep. Easter B's my OC. Whatever it may yep. be. So genius. Um, I, I did want to get to. No, 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 I've off. got one. Jack oh. off, as in like Jack Easter yeah. B Anyways. for offensive coordinator. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think Jack in his uh, background would appreciate the implications of that slogan. Um, Bill Belichick's season-ending thing Monday. It's good that we're doing this a few days later so that there's some separation from it. I thought it kind of stunk. I thought it was mm. in the blame me, we all have to take accountability yeah. aspect of it. That was sort of the opportunity to say, and now I don't expect him to say Patricia sucked, guys. He was terrible. But there, there were many questions that pointed him to say, were you wrong in your belief that you could plug defensive coaches on the offense and succeed? And it was like, well, we got to look at it. And it's Bill, the offense has sucked since July. Yeah. There's certainly January 7th is not the first day you've thought big picture about your offense. So I I just thought that whole thing was kind of, you know what it is? I think Bill obviously knows it wasn't good enough. Bill knows the offense wasn't good enough. Bill knows they didn't make the playoffs, et cetera, et cetera. But he doesn't want to, like, give the media, like, the satisfaction of, of I think sort of preening like we were right. And I get it. That's not I his think style. He also, I also think that like if he said outright like, yeah, our offense was terrible, we have to make a new move. Like I think that he would think that that's throwing Patricia and Judge under the yeah. bus. That he would be like, that would be his open criticism of them. And I don't think that he was willing to do that all year. And maybe that was because of what he said off the start, like blame me. Yeah. And like he did put two guys in position where they're, they were yeah. not going to su- succeed this year. So like, I do think it would be almost unfair for him to be like, yeah, it was their fault. And by him well, saying no. that, I do think it would be kind of doing that. But that's the thing. And a lot of fans like pushed back and got mad at me on Twitter. Surprise, surprise. That's but, weird. Yeah, I know. They usually love me. Everyone's oh, everyone's so nice to me on Twitter all the time. It's great. Um, and they're like, what do you want him to do? Like crush whoever. It's like he, Bill is very self-critical at times. There, there are times where he will be right. open about, mistakes he made or, or or bad decisions he made you know usually it comes with time usually not the day yeah. after i get that but it could have been i put guys in positions that i probably shouldn't have and it's not their fault that's that's the genesis of our we're not a matt patricia podcast right because we're yeah. not a matt we're, like it's not the individual we're not trying to crush him it's right. the ridiculous situation he was placed in and was not put in a position to succeed some awareness on that and i guess maybe the penance Maybe the penance on that is um, the press release that you heard during this press, podcast. Press yep. release? At least I'm not whistling um, my asses. I think that it was especially kind of a cop-out by Bill Belichick because he's not going to talk now. Like, unless something crazy happens, he's probably not going to talk until the owners meet yeah. at this point. Because, yeah. like, maybe... Well, yeah, it's he's, usually... He's he skips does the breakfast sometimes. That is true. That is true. Last year, I was at the owners' meetings, and 
It was the noisiest room I have ever been in in my life. It was. That was in L.A. No, it was no, in Miami? Florida. It was in like South Florida. Fancy pants. And it was a room that was roughly the size of like I'm trying to put this in perspective, like roughly the size of the Patriots media workroom. Um, no, maybe a little bit bigger than that, like a, a typical hotel ballroom. And they had like 16 coaches talking at the same time mm. with speakers in front of microphones. So yeah. as you would imagine, mm. there was a lot of bleed over in that. Uh, you mm. basically could not hear what Bill Belichick was saying. And if it's a similar situation this year, which I thought was funny last year, they did the AFC coaches the first day. And it went horribly. Everyone was like, that was terrible. And then what they do for the NFC coaches? The same exact thing. same thing. So next year, it's probably going to be the exact same thing once again. Uh, but who knows? This is a new this is a new era for the New England Patriots when yeah. they're announcing that they're thinking about doing something. Uh, so maybe if they do hire an offensive coordinator, Bill Belichick will talk again. Maybe this is the year they decide to talk at the NFL scouting combine again, which would be before the annual meeting. So like I say that, but I don't know that he's going to talk at the owners meetings next could be before yeah. that. If this is a new era, as you mentioned, they need to do what the Red Sox did in 2013 after firing slash not firing Terry Francona they brought candidates in to interview for the manager and they had them give press conferences. They had them perform a press conference after interviewing with ownership. I feel like bring in the OCs, have a whole dog and uh, and pony show, bring all the cameras, the lights, the chaos, have Bill at the podium say, here's this candidate. Enjoy. Like, let's do it. Let's, let's, let's open it up. Let's be a new, a new Patriots. I love it. I like this. I like this idea. We missed something in this announcement the first time let me read it again i'm gonna read it again no no no. see that's the thing though it's not within the text of the announcement it's the headline the headline is patriots to extend gerard mayo will begin interviewing for an offensive coordinator but the body of the announcement says that they've begun contract extension discussions with gerard mayo that would keep him with the team long term ah yeah. yeah. So it what say is Patriots it? To try to extend. It says Patriots yeah. to extend. So what is it? Uh, are we going to get an updated one? I don't think so. I don't know. I the mean, press release is two sentences and a headline. We hand up. We missed the headline. <laughs> Our bad. We focused on the body. We're readers. We're not headline readers. People only read the headline nowadays. We're the opposite. <laughs> but I don't know. That That is presumptuous. That That headline reads as if they're just going to work out the details yeah the body reads as though they have a lot of details to work out so i don't know it's weird right because like the patriots just tweeted out i was like whoa patriots to extend rod mayo and that was just the same announcement um yeah that looks well you see it like in tweet form right it looks as though an announcement that gerard mayo will sign tomorrow or tonight or wednesday like next week you know it's that's interesting yeah, it is interesting. It's quite interesting. We weren't ready. I mean, whew, that was not the plan. That was not the plan this podcast. But No, but it worked out pretty well. It, I, maybe it would have helped if we had done, um, like, record, like, 15 minutes later. So the first, like, mm. 10 to 15 minutes of the podcast wasn't us just, like, being a couple of dopes, not knowing that this announcement was coming. But I think it worked up. out. Yeah. Revenue. And it allowed us to uh, live react. Um this was presented to us by our sponsors, Taco Bell. Are you a Baja Blast guy? I'm not. 
I'm not. Really? We might have done this already. I is that a Mountain Dew flavor? It is. No, I I kind of quit soda for the most part. Oh um, Jesus! I've got what you'd call bloat going around. Oh well, this is so. this is a Baja Blast Zero. You gotta go with the zero. Oh uh, okay, my dear yeah, boy. Then you get into chemicals, and I'm just like, my body's there's, a temple. There's no chemicals in normal soda. As someone who once sat with you in a mall food court drinking various so, uh, Fago uh, flavors for the camera, I can tell you my body is a temple and nothing gets in there that is not pure. So uh, That is true. Um, I've been listening to a podcast called Hard Lore a lot. It's uh, just a couple of guys in hardcore bands talking about their, their stories from tour. Um, and they ask a lot of their guests, like, if you're on the highway, you see, like, the list of fast food establishments – on the sign like which one is the one that you're stopping for and for you what yeah. is the one that you're stopping for i'm kind of a classic mickey d's guy to be honest McDonald's with you. is great it just it's reliable i, I had a yeah. wendy's phase i haven't been to burger king in 15 years probably a whopper um, whopper still hits a spot i'm sure it does i, I ate many whoppers maybe that was my issue but mm-hmm. i don't think i've been there in, in a very long time taco bell i was a big fan of, not not so much anymore really wow yeah um, it was really just a nostalgia kick for a while, and mm. then the last one, it was just kind of nasty. So, not for me, for many, I'm not judging. I've eaten mm-hmm. all of these things many, many times. Yep. But yeah, uh, what about you? Um, Taco Bell. I think it's Taco Bell. I eat Taco Bell way too often. And when I was at, ta- I I went to Taco Bell today. It's kind of a, like a weekly thing, which is pretty bad to eat Taco Bell every week. But when I was in the drive-through waiting for my food. Every single drink that they poured was Baja Blast. And I like I almost asked like like what percentage of people that come through here get Baja Blast? Is it a hundred? Because like as I was watching it, it was one hundred. There was no Pepsi, there was no Mountain Dew, there was no brisk iced tea, there was mm-hmm. no whatever else they have there. It was one hundred percent Baja Blast. And that's part of my ignorance. That is a Taco Bell exclusive flavor. It is. It yeah, is. so that's. I mean, they figured yeah. out the code. They they know they what did. goes with it. So credit I'm a to Baja them. Blast guy. All right. Um, well, I, did uh, once, I went. Yeah. I went to California with a friend when my other friend was in school out there, and it basically was a West Coast fast food tour. Like it was all this stuff. Oh hell yeah! Yep. Charles Junior, Jack in the Box. Yep. In and out. In and out. Uh, yep. There's one or two. Oh, there's a couple more that I'm forgetting, but those are the big ones. Carl's Junior, great advertising out there. Not the best. Carl's Jr.'s good. I yeah, Carl's Jr.'s fine. In and Out is probably the best one. What a burger! That's one that you find in Texas because I I did used to tour in a band and like a couple of the tours were basically as you said like hit every single fast food spot that you can't get out here. The tacos at Jack in the Box are kind of underrated, but What a Burger is solid. Because in Texas, Mm -hmm. I don't know if you're a big mayo guy. In Texas, I don't think they do mayonnaise, so it's like a mustard burger at What a Burger, and it was nice. Yeah. Nice. Um, All right. Well, I was yeah. I was bloated entering this podcast, and now I'll go eat something. So thank you. <laughs> there we go. Much appreciated. No, oh, it's problem. the playoffs too. Playoffs, NFL playoffs. They're happening. NFL playoffs. So, we'll talk about enjoy. that next week. Um, That's why I wear and... my Super Bowl hat. I've got a. Uh, we have similar. I've got. I've got the LIV up here. That's, I think this is LV. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. Uh, my daughter's name is Olivia, so I got the live one. Tampa Bay. Tampa yeah, that's a nice. I wanted that. I saw it. you like posted a picture, and I was like, I should buy that. And then I didn't. But this, the 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 styling, the styling in Tampa was very similar. 
turns out yeah I, that's what i was kind of surprised by they this one was in miami then they were in tampa that's the one tampa's not exactly a tropical wave but what are you gonna do kind of is it's yeah you know what it is it's less than miami i went on fanatics and did the clearance in this hat nice. was like a dollar so it's a good hat. <laughs> i like that. all right all right well uh we'll talk to you guys again soon we'll figure out our schedule for the off season but uh this was fun and it'll be fun for everyone listening to think that we're idiots for the first 10 minutes without knowing that an announcement is coming and, and i'll put in the description that, the that we're not idiots and that we'll yeah. i'll explain what happened why we sound stupid and that doesn't account for all the other times that we sound stupid so uh yeah. subscribe to the podcast give us a rating um if if you're rating the podcast so if you're listening on a podcast app which i don't know how many people are listening at this point we're uh, like an hour and eight minutes in I want to know what speed you listen to our podcast. If you're a 1x mm. guy, if you're a 1.5x person, if you're a 1.8, if you're a 2x, the 2x people I can't handle. But I've no. been doing one 1.5 recently. But I want to know. So that's <sighs> that's how you're going to leave a review. Tell no. me how fast you listen to the podcast. I'm a purity guy. Like I'm not I don't feel I'm listening to the podcast if I'm at 1.5 because I'm not like I listen to the Always Sunny podcast and I would feel like I'm not listening to those guys if it wasn't their voices and their right pitch and speed. But that's, I understand you got to get through podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, isn't Kevin Clark a 2X guy? I feel like he started a whole Twitter kerfuffle. I know Danny podcast. Kelly is. I know Danny Kelly and Ben Solak are. So maybe The Ringer are exclusively 2X podcasts. It depends guys. on your podcast diet, I think. If you are like 12 to 15 podcasts a week, you, you got to do what you You have to do it. You yeah. have to. Just but also like, it into your veins. Like you and I aren't stars of a major cable comedy like always sunny so if right. you listen to us sounding different it's less yeah it's, it's less i think it's issue. different comedy is probably better at 1x sports yeah. 1.25 is a nice it's a nice uh intermediary if you got that yeah yeah if it's you a little can get bougie that. it's a little bougie <laughs> it's a little high maintenance like i'm 1.25 but uh i can get down with that all right well do what we said talk to you guys later bye bye